Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 2003 Marvel movie Daredevil with our pod pals, Mike and Mike. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Hello. We we're love so glad having you guys on. Watch another Marvel movie. <laughs> That's right. We've really built a brand for ourselves. On yeah. <laughs> Marvel Mike and Mike. Yeah. Yes. Ironically, Mike D has like fallen off the Marvel train. Like, recently. <laughs> Very ironic, yes. <laughs> the Marvelous Mikes have joined yes. us again. <laughs> if you guys have don't know what we're referring to, we were lucky enough to have them on for Spider-Man. Um, if you haven't listened to the episode, definitely check it out after this episode. And if you haven't taken a chance to go listen to our trailer episode with them, you guys should get to know them, get to know their podcast. And we do a very deep dive into Marvel and a timeline into Benifer. We know you yes. want it. <laughs> we were all thinking there's, there's something for everyone in this trailer. <laughs> the people were demanding it. <laughs> well, before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. If you love the podcast and want to support us, here's a few ways you can. You can write us a review and help us get more listeners. Head over to your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, Good Pods, and leave us a review. It really does help. And if you like what you hear and want to buy us a virtual cup of coffee, head over to ko-fi.com slash no more late fees. And we have merch. I want to repeat what Mike said, even shower curtains. Right. If you go to our red, <laughs> our red bubble store, there's a lot of rain in this movie. So like, I feel like it's fitting that you go get that no more late oh, fees yeah. shower curtain. Just head over to no more late fees.redbubble.com. So daredevil, where to begin? What a picture. <laughs> <laughs> the movies. <laughs> The film stars Ben Affleck as Matt Murdock, a blind lawyer who fights for justice in the courtroom and on the streets of New York as the masked vigilante. He's a, it's, he's, I just, I want to, sorry, he's a, a lady in the street <laughs> and a freak in the street. Absolutely. Sorry. A lady in the sheets and a freak in the streets. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> So it stars Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, Michael Clark Duncan, Colin Farrell, Joe Pantoliano, John Favreau, and David Keith. John Favreau, all of my notes say happy. I did not call him by his character name. He is just happy to me because he's in a Marvel movie. That's totally fair. There's a deleted scene from Spider-Man No Way Home with John Favreau and Charlie Cox playing Daredevil. And I guess, I guess there are actually the actual movie has a scene with them in it too. But it is just a weird thing. It was like, oh, he's uh, he's acted against two different Daredevils. Like it's it's a weird thing. It is. <laughs> I love it. The movie was directed by Mark Steven Johnson and also written by Mark Steven Johnson. You can currently watch it on HBO Max and before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So, you know, the drill before we get into the movie, we will reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our skill consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. 
five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Trash. Straight up. (laughs) Hell's Kitchen Garbage Dump. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My guess will start with you. What is What was your Y2K rating? So if... Like when I went to go see Daredevil in theaters back in 2003, like what would I have given this? Yeah, I would probably say five day rental. Okay. If I had I mean, like five day rental leading into like, oh, buy it kind of thing. I mean, I was, was going to say, come on, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> come on. I mean, it was, you know, this is, this was at a time I was 10 when Daredevil came out. You're uh, telling me look, 10 year old Mike didn't have this on DVD. <laughs> I've I never owned to- this on DVD. <laughs> I meant I to tell to. you guys, don't start with this age shit. Because every time you come on here, talk about motherfucking ten years old. I know, but it's such a—it's an integral part of how I saw this movie. Because I, <laughs> when I, when I saw Daredevil, I had one friend who was obsessed with Daredevil, and like I think we went for his birthday. Like it was like his—it came right around his birthday. He was obsessed with the character. He loved the comics. His older brother was into Daredevil. For Halloween, his mom like tailored like a like a lifelike daredevil costume for him and it looks really good and so we went to go see daredevil he was really hyped for it and i think because of his hype for it i was really into it and because i was 10 i also liked it because i i have also mentioned this many times where like there's a certain age where you start watching where you're watching movies and you start to realize like oh this movie was bad like you're starting to like but at a certain age, you don't get that because like you're young enough and everything seems awesome. But my my movie was actually a different Marvel movie that made me realize, oh, movies can be bad, which was <laughs> which was Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Truly dreadful, like a really bad movie. But Daredevil was a couple years before that, and I liked Daredevil at the time. I thought it was really fun. So, but I, I would probably say like five day rental leading into the would buy. But I never actually owned this, so I have to say five day rental. Mike D, I for sure had this on DVD, so own it, buy it. Top top <laughs> top scores. <laughs> Jackie? So in direct contrast to my guess, I was in college and (laughs) my boyfriend at the time took me on a very romantic Valentine's Day date to see Daredevil. Oh, wow. That's sweet. Yeah. I remember nothing about it. This movie was brand new to me. So that's how much it left an impression. So I'm going to go two-day rental. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now, <laughs> we're going to be swimming in the Danielle's memory, not great. I remember scenes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember scenes. I do. I don't rec- I don't believe I bought this movie. I don't think so. Okay. But I do know that I did obsess about Electra. So for that fact only. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're okay. Jennifer Garner Stan right here. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. So you were obsessed with the movie Electra, or just the just her performance in this movie? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was down for I was down the clown for my Jennifer Garner. Sure. So I want. Damn. I wish we had it in between five day and two day. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna keep it real. Two two day rental because I didn't remember it, and I knew yeah. it was trash when I saw that fake red hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danielle. <laughs> Tell us about the box office. As much as we hate on this movie and we talk shit about it, it was it was bank, man. It made a lot of money, considering sure. yeah. the it made its money back and then some. The budget was seventy eight million dollars, and it made one hundred and seventy nine point two million dollars in return. And just to keep everybody abreast, this movie there was always the intention of making a second movie. 
I just think that Ben Affleck really didn't want to do another one. Like he pretty much said, like, I'm not doing another one unless you agree to make it like some of the his favorite comic book stories and make it dark. He was upset that it wasn't dark. Daredevil, I, I don't want to say he's the Batman of the MCU, but he, he it's more aligned in that scenario. This, this movie really makes him feel like the Batman of the Yeah, yeah, with the gadgets. <laughs> yeah. Well, in in he even has one of those shots where he's like looming over someone and it's just yeah. his shadow with his yeah. little devil horns. Yeah. It's very Batman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- this movie came out, I think, in a really interesting comic book movie period because yeah. you have post-X-Men, post-Spider-Man. And so those movies are huge hits. And every studio that owns rights to these characters, because Marvel had sold off the rights to all these characters, they didn't own most of them. So every studio that owned the rights to these characters were like, we got to make as many movies, as, as many of these movies as possible so we can make bank. And so you have movies like Daredevil, you have Ang Lee's Hulk came out this year as well, and the two Fantastic Fours. And so many of them are like so radically different than the kind of stuff that we're seeing now. And in some ways, I think more interesting. Uh, and in Don't other ways, Ghost Rider, Mike. Ghost Rider from the director of this movie, by the way, really? Mark, Mark Stephen Johnson also directed Ghost Rider. So we have talked about a previous Mark Stephen Johnson joint on a podcast before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just so many like weird, crazy, like oddball comic book movies that came out in this time. Uh, and I think because Marvel got the rights back to all their characters and like kind of created this unified cinematic universe, most of those movies are on average better than what we would get during this period. But I think they're a little less interesting because most of them are roughly the same yeah. and here it's like every, like every superhero movie that you're getting is like this is a radically different thing than what i had just previously watched mm-hmm. uh, like you would never see a marvel movie now that has like an evanescence e- needle drop uh, <laughs> <laughs> two of like, them two <laughs> evanescence two needle drops evanescence. i i also i 100 percent agree i think what we get with consistency and like cohesion in the mcu we miss out on creativity Mm -hmm. And I think having different directors, having different takes, being able to have rated R versions, not being in the Disney machine actually did well for some of these movies. Originally, this movie was supposed to be a smaller budget. It was supposed to be grittier, dark. Affleck is a huge, Daredevil is his favorite comic book character when he was growing up. And so he said he took the role because everybody has that one thing from childhood that they remember and that sticks with them. This story was that for me. He said, I didn't want someone else to do it because I was afraid that they would go out and do it different from the comic book and screw it up. Right. And he was likely growing up in the 80s, right? Just I'm assuming. And so he was probably very attached to the Frank Miller run of Daredevil comics, which is the most famous run of Daredevil comics, like that 80s run that Frank Miller did, which is like kind of the default, like anything that is Daredevil, like that is adapted from Daredevil, like the Daredevil TV show is also heavily inspired by that. So I got to imagine he wanted something kind of close to what Frank Miller was doing in those comics for this movie. Well, the consensus from the critics were, here's a few quotes. While Ben Affleck fits the role and the story is sporadically interesting. I like that phrase. That sounds about right. Sporadically (laughs) interesting. Every once in a while, something's happening. (laughs) Daredevil is ultimately a dull, brooding origin story that fails to bring anything new to the genre. The Houston Chronicles' Bruce Westbrook considered it the best Marvel movie to date, 
It's as well-written and character-driven as some of today's Oscar contenders, and its story doesn't stall with hollow flamboyance. I don't know who slipped him a check. I was just going to say, who paid Bruce? Because, <laughs> like, it's one thing for you to like it, but this is ridiculous, a little over the top. I, and it also should be noted that when we talk about the screenplay for this movie, that Kevin Feige, who was around during this time, not Yeah, he was still position, producing most most of these Marvel movies, yeah. He, he said that the, he felt the script was one of the strongest Marvel had received. Okay. That's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, how many Marvel movies are there? They right? had already That's had true. Spider-Man. True. You're telling yeah. me this was the best script? No. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Spider-Man script is leagues better than this. Although and, I would be curious. I mean, and actually Mike D can maybe speak to this because I know we were talking about this yesterday. And Mike D actually watched the director's cut of this movie yes. in preparation for this, which I watched the theatrical version. And I, I, I've i actually not seen the director's cut, but I've heard it's way better. And it's also much longer. Like th- this movie it's like over is over two like, hours. Yeah, yeah Because this, this, Coolio is in it. It's the Coolio <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's great. And so I, I got to wonder, like, it, like... And Mike D, you can probably speak to it. Like, is the director's cut better? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember the theatrical cut a whole lot. I haven't watched it in a very long. But the director's cut, for being over two hours, is like kind of rocks. I don't, I don't know. It's like it's feel it feels more brutal than I remember. Like more violent. I think. It I, think I think it's like an unrated R- right cut. I think it might like be that. an R-rated. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what the differences are other than the Coolio stuff. I didn't look at it a whole lot more than that. But yeah, the action and the fights feel a little bit more violent and have parts crunchier sound effects or something. I don't know. It feels I more like brutal. that. The music and stuff, it, the needle drops feel a little bit there's the evanescent stuff, but there's a lot more like just cursing and stuff. I don't know, just like the stuff that makes it feel like a grittier R-rated. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh man, this is actually kind of cool. And it felt like there's some plot stuff associated with the Coolio subplot that allows them to figure out that there is a kingpin. So I'm like, how do how does this happen in the theatrical cut if Coolio is not in it? How do they explain these? Man. Uh, the kingpin just shows up. He, he, just, 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 yeah. he just shows up and Matt's like, I figured it out. There's yeah. a kingpin. Okay. That was it. That <laughs> yeah. Was- <laughs> yeah, he like beats up a cop that has a pacemaker. And I don't know if, and he like, because so there's the whole thing with Coolio, he's being framed for murder. And of course, Matt Murdock can hear everybody's heartbeat so he can tell when they're lying. And this cop is testifying in court about Coolio's character and his heartbeat doesn't change. So he's like, what? How could he be telling the truth if Coolio is also telling the truth? And he's a lot of yada, yada, yada. He, he like corners him in an alley and he like roughs him up a little bit. And he's like, why isn't your heartbeat changing? And he rips open his shirt. And he realizes he has a scar and he has a pacemaker. So his heartbeat doesn't change when he's lying. That uh, is sexual assault. It's, <laughs> But it's a cop, so YOLO. But then so he says, he's like, it's, this is deeper than you and me, Murdoch. It goes all the way to the top. And that's how he figures out there is a kingpin, basically. So yeah, it's pretty great. So like, if that's not there in the theatrical, I don't, how do they figure, I guess, yeah, like you said, the kingpin just kind of appears. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's very loosely like he hires Bullseye to take the fall for him, but then Bullseye's like, I'm working for this guy, kingpin, and (laughs) Matt Murdock's like, okay, cool, thanks. 
What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's what? the first the first like hour of the movie it, it feels like it skips the second act kind of. Yeah. It, like the the first hour it just feels like okay, we're introducing this character and now we're introducing this character and now we're introducing this character and then suddenly it's the climax of the movie and there's no <laughs> there's, there's nothing in between. Fascinating. Yeah. We get like a, a origin story with Matt being just a little kid who's being bullied by right. the kid from The Sopranos. AJ Soprano, I was so excited. <laughs> this movie's peak to... 2003. It's got AJ Soprano, it's got <laughs> Evanescence. Uh... <laughs> and then we learn through this bullying that his dad is working for Crime Lord or whatever. Yeah, the guy from Breaking Bad, Hector Salamanca. The, That's right. The yeah. ringing bell guy, yes. <laughs> and uh, Matt, he ain't liking that. He a good Catholic boy. Like, yeah. Daddy, we we ain't hitting the streets with no no crime lords. Like this isn't cool. And he's like, I'm not doing that, Matt. I'm just a struggling alcoholic fighter, fighter dad. Yeah, Yeah, boxer. I'm a fighter dad. (laughs) (laughs) But unfortunately, Daddy Daddy Murdoch gets caught up in his lies because you should know your son like the alley life and catches him roughing up somebody. And uh, so, of course, Matt gets real mad, runs away. I would like to say he did the Phoebe runaway with the skateboard. Yeah, very Phoebe esque. (laughs) And randomly, randomly, there's just a bunch of like toxic waste just being willy nilly pushed around. And because Matt is running around in these alleyways, forklift hits one of the canisters and blinds a bitch bad yep (laughs) but i have a question for someone who does not read comics (laughs) and knows very little about daredevil why are they at eye height we don't know (laughs) (laughs) does he also gain superpowers other than his heightened senses because of the toxic waste no so he 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 gets like heightened senses, but then he also like like Batman leaves and trains like a, for a really long time and has so he's he's very good at like and because of his senses like he's pretty good at like acrobatic stuff and but you know. how is he jumping from building to building is what I want crouching tiger hidden dragon baby <laughs> okay. Michelle Yeoh podcast. You can go listen to it now. Yeah. It just <laughs> seemed like I could get on board with the whole like <laughs> Batman stuff, but it seemed like he was doing an awful lot of like flippies from the air or like jumping from crazy heights and landing with like no physical he's, yeah he usually does... he has his uh, his trustful billy club which he uses to swing around places and i think he has that in this movie i'm not i don't remember exactly but it's a grappling hook thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. grappling hook kind of like kind of like it's his cane really that like turns into this staff that he can yeah. use to grapple around but also yeah he can kind of just jump really high <laughs> Well, he does talk about his ability, his extra ability of agility. But even in the TV show, I question, like, does he have superpowers and his strength? Because when I tell you that he that Matt gets the business being beat up quite a bit on both the movie and the TV show, it doesn't even make sense physically that he is able to, like, move afterwards. So he's on a lot of narcotics. 
yeah, that's what yeah. it is. the the show The show really like made it a, made it a point to like make it as brutal as possible, like yeah. be as dark and gritty as it could be. I mean, it was trying to distinct distinguish itself from the other Marvel TV and movie stuff, and so it was TVMA and all that, and so it got very violent. And yeah, no, Matt gets the shit beat out of him a lot on that show. Most yeah. famously, the, the hallway fight in episode two or whatever is yeah. a very famous example of that. Also, also just real quick, I I, I just remember a line that I used to make fun of a lot from the TV show where like. Rosario Dawson's like in his house and she's like kind of like treating him or whatever. She's the nurse and he's like says something and he says something wise and she's like, oh, you're blind, but you see so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I didn't like the show them. (laughs) But the show has a complete works friend of the pod, Scott Glenn, right? As as Stick. That's true. Yeah. Scott Glenn plays Stick in the show, who is not in the movie, I don't think. He's not in this, right? No, he's not in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the guy that trains Matt in like the way of the ninja, basically. Yes, Yes, exactly. There's an explanation for his agility and all the stuff in the TV show, the movies. He's like, I took to the streets and I was able to slide and hop <laughs> and jump. <laughs> yeah, with the first like moment where like he becomes like Daredevil as an adult and he like full on jumps off a skyscraper <laughs> yeah. and then lands on on the the like window washer thing. Like, as if the problem with jumping off a skyscraper is hitting the street, like, it's not hitting anything. Like, and he just bounces off it and he's fine. And I definitely noticed that, Jackie. It's like, he'd be dead. Like, he'd yeah. still be dead. <laughs> just questionable stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so he's obviously in the hospital after his accident. And when he wakes up, this is when we learn that all of his senses are just heightened and he's freaking out because. He can feel, hear, smell every single thing that's happening. And it's just like over sensory. There's um, a really funny moment in this. So like he's describing it and he's like, oh, my heightened hearing gave me like a radar for sound. Like, isn't that just sonar? Like there's already a, there's already a word for that. Yeah. <laughs> they had to think about the dum-dums of watching so. the movie. If yeah. they had said sonar, right, people would be like, what that? What yeah, does sonar mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they legitimately were like, let's dumb it for the dum-dums. Fair. Yes. But you're right. There is a okay. word for that. So Matt is able to actually end up, he hears the church bell, and I guess that magically makes everything stop for him. I don't know. I don't know how he's able, like he he has this meltdown in the corner, and then he's able to like be fine. Right. After yeah, true. He can also, like, hear people's conversations on the street. Like, it's very, the heightened senses are very odd. Yes. Like, what he can (laughs) hear, what he can visualize with his sonar, what he can randomly smell. Oh, yeah. We got to, we'll dive deep into the sniffing because I I got questions. I'm assuming you're talking about he... he shows up at the party and he just sniffs Jennifer Garner. I'm not mad at it, but it's still like, <laughs> what was happening right now? I can't deny I would do the same. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought the like visualization of the like sonar vision or whatever is like kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. It, it looks like bad CGI, I guess, but like, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting way yeah. to, to visualize that. I thought it was cool until there was just one scene where there was hands in front of him you could see and they look like baby hands and I'm like (laughs) what is happening right now it looked very not great with the graphics but it like you said it really wasn't bad up to that one point that I was like Mm -hmm. wait a minute what's happening 
Yeah. It's almost like x-ray vision, kind of. Like, yeah. you see it like an x-ray. Right. It just reminds me of, like, when you used to go to, like, the science museum when you were younger, and they always had that, like, wall panel where you could, like, yes. move around, and it would, like, trace your movements. That's what it reminded me of. But Matt is also a friend of the church. <laughs> when did yeah. this happen? Why yeah. did this happen? The altar board. <laughs> Yeah, that's, like that's that, a big thing in his character, and I don't, I don't know the like origins of it because I don't. That's think it's really that's from the. Anything. I think that's from the Frank Miller run of comics because I, I so I think I mentioned this on the Spider Man episode, but I have a subscription to Marvel Unlimited, and I've been doing like a years long project at this point to like just start reading Marvel comics from the beginning, which takes a really long time. And so, <laughs> and so I'm currently in like 1976 or something. Like I've read like the first 15 years of Marvel comics over the course of like the last five years. So at this rate. I'll never finish. Um, <laughs> so the Frank Miller run starts in the 80s, but I can say in the 70s, like up to this point, like reading Daredevil comics, I've read like 150 of them or something like that. And the the Catholic stuff has not come up at all yet. Like that has not been a thing at all. So I think that's really part of like the Frank Miller run of comics, which I think this movie is partially drawing from. And I think that's what Ben Affleck, like I said, wanted to draw from with this character. Um, and then I think... I think this movie is, and I think that's where Electra comes from as well. Like that's the Frank Miller run, like when her character is first introduced. So, but the, I think this movie is trying to like condense everything from that yeah. run of comics and other stuff. Just kind of put it all in this movie. Like and I then just none of it really the, makes an impact. The like priest or whoever he was to like run into the hospital room and like console <laughs> Matt, and so like that's why he's known him forever because he's known mm -hmm. him since his accident. There's just something where we know why this guy is like taking care of him all the time and why Matt goes yeah. to the church all the time. I, I think just, that is yeah. something that is handled better in the show too. I feel like the show yeah. kind of really dives into Matt's like Catholic guilt a lot of the time and all that kind of stuff. I mean, to me, if he lives in Hell's Kitchen and it's just like a neighborhood kind of thing, so many people are in the church. It's a part of the community kind of thing. And with his dad dying so young, mm -hmm. I could imagine that maybe what ended up happening is that he becomes like a surrogate kind of caregiver for Matt because he's been mm -hmm. involved in his life for so long because right. they don't really talk about his mom either. So I can assume maybe she was the one who made that introduction of, of church in his life. So mm -hmm. I think it's just to have another adult character figure since he doesn't have any family apparently. And since his dad is dead. So, but it is like what, Who's this guy? <laughs> well, when we get to the scene of him, like, after, when, when we get to a certain scene, it, it it does get weird with the priest. So finally, his dad comes into his hospital room and they're able to, like, hug and embrace. And he, like, they both promise each other that they're going to work hard and he's going to work hard in school and he's going to, and the dad's going to work hard to, like, be straight and narrow. So mm -hmm. The dad's training, being going back to boxing, and Matt is learning Braille and all sorts of stuff. And Matt saves Stanley from walking into traffic. That's right. <laughs> Stanley actually does not like this movie. Oh. He said that it was too tragic. That's interesting because Stanley like likes everything. Like yeah, he just, like he's like the Marvel pitch band. He's like, ah, yes, and Daredevil. We love Daredevil. <laughs> it's one of the best movies we ever made, and all that kind of stuff. So does it, for him to like come out and say like, oh yeah, Daredevil was bad. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> but yes, we, we save Stanley, and then we fast forward. Oh no, Dad has a fight. Mm -hmm. But before his fight, 
his old crime lord bosses come rolling into I don't know, big backstage. I don't know what they call it. Green Locker room. room. There you go. Behind the ring. Yeah. <laughs> the playground. So he comes and he's like, where There is you- a playground scene later in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Where you been? What's going on? He's like, You still work for me? He's like, I don't. He's like, Yeah, that's not how this works. And pretty much tells him he wants him to throw the fight because money is on the line. But Daddy, I was going to call him Warbucks. Daddy Murdoch <laughs> does not throw the fight. He wins. And afterwards, he pays the price for trying to live by the law, but for his son, he is murdered. And it's, it's very Batman. You ever dance with the devil by the pale moonlight? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Wow. Is, Matt is wearing his dad's red robe, like a, yeah. per, like, I don't even know, a cape. It's almost like a cape for him. And uh, and it's like the mo of whoever killed dad. It they threw a rose on top of him, which is also very Batman like. Yeah, I was thinking kiss a kiss from the rose. That's yeah. all that was playing yeah. in my head. <laughs> Man, this movie could have u- used some seal. Yes, truly. 100%. They had everyone else. Why not just throw seal in? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the next scene, we pretty much fast forward to adult Matt. With his red leather what? condom on his body. <laughs> and what is his hair? Uh, so you guys, so you guys weren't fans of his special. hair? Yeah, it no. was it was some real bedhead that I, I was like, okay, the hair is pretty good. I liked the hair. And <laughs> like the red, like is Matt Murdock supposed to have red hair? Because I saw I them really so. trying for this. The little kid had the red hair as well. Yeah, I, I believe in the comics he has red hair. I don't think in the TV show. He, I don't think Charlie Cox has red hair on the show. No. no. But yeah, I think they were trying to go for the comic accurate Matt Murdock look. It was uh, not working. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys, th- I guess we haven't really talked, like, what do you guys think of Ben Affleck as Matt Murdock, like his performance? He's pretty good, I guess. I don't know. I, did, I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't mad by it. it. Yeah. My husband asked, several times if this was a comedy Um, (laughs) and if it was Ben Affleck's first movie because the acting was so bad so he had hard opinions about (laughs) harsh yeah I I think he's okay in this I didn't think he was bad like honestly was it camp yes did they think they were doing camp at the time no right I think go ahead no, I, was, I, I think his best scenes are the scenes that he has with Jennifer Garner. Like when he's performing opposite her, like there's very clearly chemistry there. And we've mm-hmm. read the receipts and we can see why yeah. that's yeah. the case. It's the emails, y'all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, like that costume. It did look like he was wearing a condom on his head. 100%. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It was eh. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting watching in this one, the costume, and then comparing it to in the TV show. Because I know in the first season, whatever, it's, they do that thing that now is really annoying where they're not actually Daredevil till the final episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But then in season two, his like he has the the like suit and the the, the costume, but it's like armored leather. Like it's got right. plating and stuff on it. And like that yeah. actually makes sense. Right. In this, he's just wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was fun is that when when he showed up in She-Hulk, when Charlie Cox showed up there, he was wearing like the classic like old school Daredevil costume, like the very first one he ever wore from the 60s. So it's like the yellow and red one, which yeah. that was a kind of fun thing. Go I don't back, know why yeah. like, I, I was trying in my head to like figure out like, why did he switch costume? Why why did he so radically change it? And it's and it's a weird thing because Daredevil operates at night and that's a very like people are going to see you, man. If right. You're right. Dressed up in yellow. But that was a fun thing. Next scene 
is we see Matt's kind of day-to-day life, how he functions as a blind man. Sorry, I thought someone was coming in the office. So we we kind of see him getting ready. He sleeps in a, a sensory deprivation chamber mm-hmm. that looks like a coffin. Yeah, I thought, you know what? I had metal. I had looked away from the TV because it was a hard <laughs> it was a hard watch, right? And I was like, why are he in the tub again? He in that tub. <laughs> Gotta drown the sounds out. I thought he was in the bathtub. I was like, you know what? I like this white man bathing all the time in this movie. It's impressive, but I feel like it might be beneficial. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. he does wear leather a lot of the time. True. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. And then we see him go and meet Foggy, who played by John Favreau. I will never call him Foggy. He is happy. Happy Hogan. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> and like for someone who is a trusted friend, you ask him for the honey and he gives you mustard. He was mad at him. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> matter. But he he should know. Like, Matt could smell that mustard a mile away. That's why he switched the cups. And a honey bear t- feels different than, like, a mustard container. Yeah. <laughs> he knew Matt would know. Yeah. yeah. And then someone enters the cafe and Matt smells her right away. So while she's still outside. So let me get this straight. She's not in the door yet. He apparently has a way of being able to just only, it seems like he only could smell beautiful women. Yeah. Because Matt is not sleeping with a girl that's not cute. Like he's only tense in his I mean, when you first see him as an adult, like there's a message on his machine from a woman who is just like, oh, you've you've stood me up too many times. I'm done with this. And she sounds hot. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's someone's sister. Whose sister? Oh, it's Colin Farrell's sister, actually. Yes. Yes. Who, by the way, Colin Farrell, MVP of this movie easily, right? Yeah. We all agree. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a whole movie. movie about Bullseye. Yes. Well, recently on the radio show that I do for the Roxy, Roxy Radio, we did a top five Colin Farrell movies list because uh, we were kind of celebrating the Banshees of Ben Sheeran coming out. And so, and I meant, I didn't mention Daredevil like in my five, but afterwards I was like, well, I don't remember much from Daredevil because this is before <laughs> I had rewatched it for this. But the only scene I do remember is the scene where Colin Farrell kills a woman on the plane. Yes! <laughs> like flicking a peanut into her mouth. That was the best. <laughs> Turns out totally deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Was American Outlaws on your top? Uh, yeah, I've never seen that actually. Oh, we need oh, to do list? it for the yeah. podcast. But <laughs> from what I remember, Y2K Jackie, she loved her some American Outlaws. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Colin Farrell movie is when him and Britney Spears used to make out on the red carpet and share their gum. <laughs> My favorite. It was cinema to the highest degree. Just 90 minute loops on YouTube of that. I would watch it. I would watch it. (laughs) Hot. So so in enters Electrum and Matt's like, watch this. So he gets up, goes to like the condiment where they keep the condiments. And she's sitting right there, sipping her coffee, not really looking up. Because she probably gets hit on like 10 times a day. And he's like, can you pass me the honey? And she's like, it's right there. He's like, well, can you hand it to me? And she's like, what are you? And then she looks up (laughs) as he's like, blind? Yeah. (laughs) 
Matt Murdock. It's, nice it's a great pickup line. That's that pretty is good. A pretty sweet line. <laughs> I do have to say, my girl Jen, she was rocking a honey bronze set of extensions. They were curled, glazed, glowing. Her freckles were popping out in the face. She had fake green lenses. <laughs> so distracted by the green eyes. Yeah. <laughs> not, sh- not well in the comic book. I guess she has green islands and eye- islands. <laughs> Her color eyes are green. But our girl Jen is a brown. I knew that before I even read it. I watched Alias. I remember. I mean, I will say this is probably the most beautiful I've seen her look. Like, I just loved the hair, the soft, curly, wavy hair. And yeah, the dewy skin, not a whole lot of makeup. The girl was glowing and her arms were toned. Her Both belly was just slim. She used to be a ballerina, y'all. I don't know if you know this, but. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like that came in handy with her martial arts training. And she was already on Alias. So, sure. But some of the, the fighting scenes that we get into later didn't feel like natural. It was like, it's almost like when someone's learning a dance, you could hear see them counting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Like. I was a little disappointed with the fight scene. Yeah, but it do, it does make sense. Well, it's just based on Electra in this movie and Jennifer Garner in here. Like she's probably other than Colin Farrell, the best part of this movie. And it, and it makes sense. Like once they like had the opportunity to follow up Daredevil, and it was clear that like Ben Affleck probably wasn't going to do it, and they weren't they weren't sure what to do with Daredevil too. They're like, well, let's spin off Electra into her own movie yeah. and, they, see, they and see how already, that works. They had already made the elect. They were already going to make the Electra movie. Okay. And there was going to be a cameo with Ben Affleck. I think deleted. that's actually, I think that that was filmed. I think that is a deleted scene. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's just it him out. like flipping in the background or something. Like he doesn't actually do it. <laughs> like you don't see his face, but he's like flipping around. Yeah. <laughs> Doing some daredevil shit. They, yeah. they, they took it out because they weren't going to make another one. But right. yeah. So like you were saying, Jackie, they were flirting with each other. And all he's trying to do is get her na- name, but he's getting a little bit too pushy. I Pretty feel. aggressive, yeah. uncomfortably, uncomfortably aggressive, I think. Yeah, 100%. We also see sometime in this time frame, Matt lawyering, and he only defends innocent people. <laughs> right. And, and he can tell that because he can sense their heartbeats. Exactly. Right. And Unless then it's a it... <laughs> In the director's cut. In the director's cut. <laughs> And then if the bad guys get off, he then just turns into no longer, I, I guess he's still serving justice, but he he's just a goes Batman after who the kills people. Exactly. <laughs> so, he's no different than Punisher to an extent. Yeah. But they're paired yeah. up a lot in the comics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the TV show, that was like the thing with when right. John Bernthal shows up as Punisher and it's like, we're not so different, you and I. But So like, I, so there's. I mean, I guess the next scene, right? That guy gets off and he follows him to the biker bar and like yeah. murders those eight dudes or whatever. And it's like, you can't make it any more obvious that this is you, Matt Murdock. Because you say, <laughs> I sure hope justice doesn't find you. And then when you killed him, you're like, justice found you. You're like, oh, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy. Also, yeah. when he shows up in that biker bar, it's a very funny moment where like you cut in and you're seeing people in the bar and then some guy's like, Hey, look at that. And it's just Daredevil perched up in the window. <laughs> Apparently, like, the, not actor that, at all. <laughs> the actor that yelled that is The Rock's cousin. Oh. oh. The fun fact I read. <laughs> oh, amazing. 
Good for I him. Do, I do love the corny line where he's like, and you see that light? It's not like, I think he's something to Here, the regards. I wrote it down. Oh, okay. I wrote it down. Hold on. Yeah, slams the guy uh, under a speeding train, right? Yeah. 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 So, so the, the fight continues into the subway. He throws the guy onto the tracks, and I guess he's so injured he can't get up. And he says, see that light at the end of the tunnel? That's not heaven. That's the C train, which I really wish he would have said, that's the D train for Daredevil. <laughs> that was a missed opportunity. Sure. But then he he makes up for it by after that, hanging around the crime scene for a while and then making two big D's out of gasoline or whatever. So that yeah. later when he's gone, the reporter can flick his lighter <laughs> and also, show that it says DD. I don't believe the D train goes near Hell's Kitchen, so at least they were accurate about that. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah. Well, and okay, so you're telling me that this is a full-on crime scene. They already have, like, everyone there traipsing around, collecting evidence. No one has noticed this strange liquid on the ground that must be (laughs) a gel. It can't be liquid liquid it wouldn't hold its dd form and then the reporter is the one that notices it and joey pants he's a great reporter (laughs) and then catches it on fire and then he's like i know who did this (laughs) (laughs) hire the reporter police department turns out daredevil's an acab movie So then we see Matt goes back home. Obviously, he's very injured. He extracts his own tooth that had been broken in the fight. He's he's chomping on narcotics like they're canned. And then he goes to confession and and talks to the priest there and, and tells him all of his sins. And then this is when we get the Jennifer Garner scene. And then I wrote... Fight flirting. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is this is the the playground fight, right? Yes, this is yeah. the, this is a staple of Michelle Yeoh movies as well. The flirt fighting, which is super. Th- this was just like so goofy and fun. It was like it's stupid, but it's really fun when they're just like do- doing it and they're going through the playground and they're fighting together. And she's like, she she doesn't seem super surprised that he knows how to fight, even though he's blind. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just like, oh, this, how are you doing this? Oh, no, well, all right. She, what she does is like. She fights him, but like she doesn't fight all the way. Like she's only half-assing it, and he's like, right. "Give it to me, give me all you got." Like, <laughs> what is it's happening? Like the, the princess. Let's jump bride. on the seesaw. Yeah, yes. it's like the Princess Bride when he's like, "I'm not left-handed." Like that's like right. the same moment in this. <laughs> and then all the kids in the playground cheer for them. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, is she a teacher? Is that why she's at a playground? <laughs> right. I was so like, there's just random children there. They were walking, and they happened to walk through a park because he's literally chasing her down, trying to get her name from the coffee shop, and she's like, "Bitch, leave me alone!" No and he tries, no, Matt Murdock. When he grabs her hand, that's they just happen to be walking through the park when she has to let him know, you don't get to touch me. Like there is one really great moment in this that I thought or a moment I thought was really great when like they have like a first couple minutes or whatever of a fight and then they like stop to take their jackets off. Yes. And they they like strike their po- like their pose ready to fight and yeah. Matt Mur- Matt Murdock has thrown his cane in the air. But we didn't see that and he catches it right before the f- they start fighting again. That shit was pretty cool. That was cool. 
But also, sort of to what Danielle mentioned a little bit earlier, as far as the fights go, like having done 20 Michelle Yeoh movies in a row, these fights are all right. (laughs) 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 There are no Michelle Yeoh fights. Right. It made me, I think, like, I remember watching it, I was disappointed because the fight scenes in Alias were really good. But, like, Sydney didn't always win. She got her ass beat quite a bit, but it just, it felt like you thought she could actually fight. And this movie, it does not. And some of the like fight sequences and stuff don't add up. And then some of the shit that both of them do separately alone to train is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like if the fight scenes were just elevated a little bit better, I think it would have been so, so much like, I'd have, I'd have been like, okay, the plot sucks, but those fight scenes though, like you're not giving me anything to work with here. People (laughs) also Jennifer Garner injured, knocked Ben Affleck the fuck out. She hit him too hard and he blacked out for a little bit. Amazing. (laughs) So he talks about this later, like after they're married, he's like, yeah, that pretty much should have just been what shown, like, this is what our marriage is like, or just my ass so much work. Violence. Yeah. Yeah, my, <laughs> ass, my wife beat my ass pretty much. So the next scene is in Kingpin's office. And I wrote the mummy wants out. Because that guy was in The Mummy, and I didn't catch his name at first. But apparently it's Nicholas Nachios, right? Oh, Electra's father. Yeah. Yeah, the guy from The Mummy. They're Greek, supposedly. Yeah. 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 And essentially Kingpin's like, no. And then, but he does it kind of like, well, how's your daughter? It sure suck if she lost the other parent type thing. And then with the like that's the end of that scene. There's no resolution or anything. No. He just says he wants yep. out. And then Kingpin's like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah, which um, Michael Clark Duncan also really good in this. Oh, uh, yeah. So good. He's, would, he's very good. And I like, I honestly do like the lighting that they have when he is on screen with like that those blues in the background Mm -hmm. it reminded me of very much like a hype williams music video especially like lighting for darker skinned black people don't they don't always do it right and like if you've ever watched that show insecure they actually do a really great job from a lighting perspective and i i just feel like they did a really good job with that backlight and background for for him so i did like it it's not the yeah. best i've ever seen but i i i did notice that yeah he looks really great and they're always shooting him from low angles too and he's mm-hmm. already a big guy so it's like a very like he makes a very physically imposing kingpin and he's got that like deep michael clark duncan voice like he's a he's a great villain in this movie yes he did he gained 40 pounds for this role he was already at wow. 290 he lifted weights for 30 minutes a day and power lifted with one or two reps a day, as well as eating whatever he wanted. <laughs> he, he said he wouldn't do it again for the, if they did the next movie, unless he, they like paid him like $20 million or something, but <laughs> good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was backlash and Michael Clark Duncan was concerned about the fact that he was black while Kingpin in the comics is white. And although his performance was well, well received, there are, a lot of people who had took issue with the fact that they cast 
and Clark 20 years later ain't shit changed so <laughs> i think the best bet is just keep on doing it until they get used to it i guess this has but, to be one of the earliest examples of a colorblind comic book casting too that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing so they were looking at some white wrestlers hmm. for the role but the acting ability wasn't coming together so sure they that's what made them ask Michael and like you said he did an amazing job he did Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> so, just so we, we get is, it must be the party at this point no or no, no before they they have sex before the party yeah so we see I I have dad studied with different since I was five. So obviously it's a throwaway scene where Electra just explains how she knows so many martial arts. Because mm. her mom, she saw, I think her mom was killed mm -hmm. and her dad wanted her to be able to protect herself. Right. And we find out more about her mom and stuff in that backstory in the Electra yeah. movie. Yes. And then we get another scene with Kingpin where his henchmen are kind of like, hey, they want a king. The press wants a kingpin. He's like, I'll get them a kingpin. And then randomly hires Bullseye, who's off just like hustling people in Ireland. He's doing what he does, throwing yeah. darts. And really Introduced does. with this uh, like Irish rap song where it's like, I'm Irish, but I ain't a leprechaun. Like that's what <laughs> And it's like, all right, this is Bullseye. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> and and he kills first, that dude. When I was watching it, I'm like, okay, I know that he had his native accent in this movie, but it also seems like Bullseye doesn't talk. So which one is it going to be? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I guess he's just a man of few words, most of those being, I missed. You made me miss. Yeah. <laughs> My head. So, we see he he's hustling this older gentleman at darts and the guy doesn't want to pay is trying to get out of it best two out of three and bullseye's like give me my fucking money and so the guy eventually pays him but like smart mouths him as he's as bullseye is walking out so bullseye takes out a paperclip question if bullseye yeah. is in ireland who the fuck is this guy talking shit about him being irish i think he's in england is he? Oh, maybe. Okay. Mm, that might be it. Okay. Oh, that, that, that probably is true. <laughs> and he gets death by acupuncture, which is... <laughs> yeah, he just gets a lot of straightened out paper clips to his little waddle. I guess they go into the jugular. <laughs> right. But you don't fuck with the bullseye, is yeah. what we learn. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that and he's very good at getting a bullseye at yes. darts, because that's all he gets, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Is, and that... oh, and and we have and he does like the dramatic beanie off to see his yeah. bullseye scar before yes. he kills him via paperclip. <laughs> Very weird, <laughs> but also I was turned on. <laughs> Colin Farrell very hot in this movie. It's... Oh, so hot! <laughs> I think this <laughs> is such on. an interesting like character for for Colin Farrell to be playing because it, it's very much like the like not leading obviously he's like whatever su supporting fifth build guy in this movie yeah but like action villain character guy but like also just a weird little freak and here we are 20 <laughs> 20 years later and he only plays weird little freaks now yeah, yeah. So it's like that kind of we didn't know how to cast him yet in 2003 right he, yeah, was... he has to be a weird little freak who is sad now that's like right, his, that's true. his yeah. perfect mode <laughs> He was 
amazing in the Batman. Yes. Yeah, he was good. And one of those, like, it was a weird thing at first where it was like, why did they cast Colin Farrell when they're going to put like a bunch of prosthetics on him and make him unrecognizable? He was amazing. Uh, but he is very good in it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if and... that show will ever happen. Oh, yeah. He's he's supposed, supposed to, like, to get a supposed penguin, to make, like, a penguin uh, show. Yeah. Who knows with HBO Max? Yeah. Also, he was really good in The Lobster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, The Lobster's great. Yeah. The Killing of a Sacred Deer is also super weird. He's great in that. Banshee's been a year. And after Yang, he was amazing in that this year. So, so good. So, I will say he, hands down, is the most interesting character in this whole movie. I'm like, just tell me more about Bullseye. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit about anyone else. Just... Just more of this, please. And I I would like to know when he says he doesn't miss, does that translate to other things? I just want to know. Scientific research. And we might have to work at it just to see. They're coupled, you know, just to be. But I just want to know, like, what else he doesn't miss at. You know what I'm saying? I'm curious. I I feel you. So I'm I'm looking at a list of of I found of the differences between the PG-13 and the director's rated, cut. The director's yeah. cut, and it says here the introduction of Bullseye arriving at the airport and going through the metal detector is that not in the theatrical cut? No. no. Oh no. my god. Okay. <laughs> so, right, it's after the scene. It's a I think it's like a couple scenes later where like they he's coming to America. Yeah. And it's him riding an escalator in an airport just with his arms out like he's Christ. <laughs> For the whole, like, for no reason, he's the only one there, and there's just like soft angelic music playing as he's riding up the escalator, and he goes through the metal detector, and of course he sets it off, and he's like got his sunglasses, and he lets him down, so he's looking over the top of him at the guy who's wanding him, and like it goes over his belt, and he's got a big belt buckle, and it's like beeps, and he's just like, uh huh, <laughs> just the, it's the weirdest, most <laughs> sexual tension between a, a villain and an airport security guard. So then he takes off like his the he takes out like a pen and his belt buckle and his sunglasses and puts them in the thing to go through the thing again. And he's like, oh, like holds up his finger to say like, oh wait. And he spits out another paperclip and like drops it in the bin <laughs> and goes through. All while this like weird operatic music is playing and it's the it makes no sense. Like it's it's setting it's setting up. Nothing. All of that like weird unearned Christ stuff with Bullseye because like later at the end of the in the church right he gets shot through the hands and he's right. hand, like, uh, and he's posing like he's crucified and stuff but that all starts here on the airport escalator so huh. that's what you're missing because <laughs> 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 it's wild. I found the still of that so I am currently switching my background. <laughs> so yeah, the next scene after that which we all missed except mm-hmm. for Mike D is the airplane scene where he gets sat next to yes. a very chatty grandma. Yeah. <laughs> and he just can't take it anymore. Yeah. The and- the only scene that I remembered from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Turns and out so- she's like casually racist. So she deserves yes. it. Yeah. it yes. <laughs> very much so. And so he just, he, he takes it. The hair yeah. he is. <laughs> Why does he look Incredible. like Usher? <laughs> I just need to let it burn. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, so he takes it upon himself. He's gonna rectify the situation. And he just plays a little like like little football <laughs> <laughs> desk football with a peanut right into her throat. She chokes and passes out because she can no longer breathe. She did. <laughs> The stewardess comes by and she's like, oh, she fell asleep. And he's like, yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. So good. It's single-handedly like the the scene of the movie, I think. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> and I love that it's just cutting from like his POV where he's got the headphones in and he's just listening to like <laughs> hard blasting rap music or punk music and stuff. And she's just going on and on and on. And he's just a little flick. I feel like number one, he did his due diligence of trying to drown her out. That's right. He tried. Yeah. And number two, we have all been there on the airplane where yeah, it's like, he... I very obviously have my headphones in. Stop fucking talking to yeah. me. <laughs> Even if she wasn't casually racist, like maybe she deserved it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. So the next scene I have, Nick Carter is being beat up by Kingpin's henchmen. So it's just a guy who happens to look like Nick Carter oh, in the alley. Like, <laughs> Did I miss that? Yeah, Nick second. Carter or Jason? I know Meredith Grey was in this movie. but Yes. I... yes. <laughs> Why? I don't know. And I mean, okay, if we're going to have a second movie, it makes sense because in the comic books, she does date him. Karen Page. Yeah, yeah. She's like the big love interest for Daredevil in the comics and in the TV show. I mean, that's that's her character as well. Yeah. But yeah, she pops up for one scene in theatrical cut. I don't know if she's in any more of the director's cut, Mike. She is in the director's cut. Oh, um, she's in more of it? She's in more of it. She gets the big, the big crack, cracks the big clue for them in the case to help Coolio. <laughs> Which again, we haven't seen. We haven't no. so they, <laughs> no. Coolio's being framed, right, for the murder of this person, of this woman. So Foggy and Matt break into her apartment and uh, they take a Matt like can feel on her desk that she wrote something in pen on a piece of paper. So they like copy it down and it says mom six, eight or something like that. And she realizes like, maybe you're looking at Ellen, Ellen Pompeo is like, maybe you're looking at it all wrong. And she flips it over. So it says like W O W eight, nine and eight, nine is the day of her death. And W O W is the initials of Kingpin's little, assistant guy whose name I forget. Okay. And they put it together. It's like that, Wesley Owl something or something, yeah, like something like that. Yeah. They had that she had a meeting that day with him and that's the day she died. And the Kingpin, ah, pacemaker. I would have been it. like World of Warcraft. This yeah. is not adding up. Exactly. <laughs> Level 89 in World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she comes back for a second scene, basically. Okay. I mean, that's that's cool. Yeah. She's barely in this movie, the theatrical yeah. cut. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> and also I see here there's a love scene between Electra and Matt Murdock. Yes, it's very not sensual. That's okay. not in the director's cut. No. So that they added it as like I think filler because there's other stuff they had to cut or something. I don't know. They wanted it more like focused on the relationship of Electra. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Well, the director says that like his biggest mistake on this movie was that he tried to add too much. He mm. tried to know Matt's origin story. He he tried to talk about Electra. He tried to have Bullseye, Kingpin, like all the things that make Daredevil Daredevil. He tried to just like cram everything in there and it was just too much. And I think it was too much, but also I feel like I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah. And it felt very slow in places where I'm like, you could have cut this out and put yeah. something interesting in and <laughs> it would have been net neutral sporadically um, interesting jackie sporadically, <laughs> sporadically interesting. interesting this is true so daredevil is listening to not nick carter get beat up and he hears kingpin he's always just listening for people getting beat up in alleys to mention <laughs> kingpin yeah 
his it's his whole process. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't understand. But Electra convinces him to keep his ass on the rooftop with him instead of going when they're together. Uh, well, so, oh, yeah. yeah, that's the next scene is Electra. He takes Electra up to the rooftop and they're kind of just standing there talking. And he's like, it's about to rain. She's like, you're crazy. <laughs> and he's like, I can I can feel the air changing. He's, I can he's smell. Aaron Smith's cousin because they know when it's gonna rain i'm making a reference to mean girls okay <laughs> if my um, girlfriend makes it she would have laughed at it and so she allows him to feel her face and then he feels her necklace and she she it almost looks like an egyptian cartouche but she said like it was given to her for protection essentially and then he said she's like well if it's about to rain we need to get inside and he's like no because when the <laughs> rain hits surfaces i can see Maybe. and i want to see your face yes paint you like the french, <laughs> french ladies this definitely felt like they saw the upside down kiss in the rain scene in spider-man and they were yeah. like how can we do that for this like how, yeah. how, what's our version of this <laughs> And then, like Danielle said, he hears another fight in the alley, and they mention Kingpin. And but she's like, "No, stay with me." And so, stay with her. He does <laughs> all the way to Pound Town. <laughs> yeah, yep. he knows in the director's cut. That's wild. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. There's no love. There's no sex. There's no love scene. Yeah. Yeah. He gets his red condom ready, and they do it. <laughs> His full body costumes on. He's wearing yeah, but yeah. It's, not, on. it's not like a hot and heavy sex scene like I normally see in these movies, but it's like a slow sensual. And she's like of... exploring all of his scars. And yes. it, was... it is actually really interesting to watch that in this movie now, considering like most superhero movies now just won't have that. Like there's no yeah, sex in true. superhero movies, especially in the MCU stuff. So to have that in Daredevil, it's like, oh yeah, this is kind of kind of weird. Like it's cool. Sex it's great. Yeah, norm- used, used to have sex in movies. <laughs> Normally the like relationship stuff always feels like uh this wasn't needed sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I I honestly don't think they did a bad is probably one of the better parts of this movie is their relationship. Does it make sense that he was like he loved her after two days? No. You loved but... her at first whiff, Danielle. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> he smelled that punan from down the street and was ready. And so the next morning he wakes up and she's already gone, but she's left a gala invitation on his pillow. And so where has she carried what? that? I That's didn't crazy. see that one purse. I didn't see no pocket. She was all wet. Yeah, where was that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it was raining. <laughs> yeah, like where she hide that her thong. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, she he gets the gala invitation. He goes to his office, and Ellen Pompeo is like, "Oh, this came for you. It's got a plus one." And Foggy's like, "Oh, plus one, sweet." And that was in, that was in the movie. Oh, okay. So okay, he yeah, got yeah, two sorry. invitations because he got the one at the office, but then she left because he didn't want to go. Right, 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 right. And Happy really wanted to be the plus one. Yeah, he really, didn't even really. make it a choice. He was like, "You could." Meredith Gray was trying right. to flirt her way into an invitation, and Foggy's like. Yo, homie, let's do this. <laughs> let's go make some money. Like, let's yeah. make some connections. Yeah. So they 
do you end up going to the gala living foggy's wildest dreams <laughs> and they meet up with the reporter and this is where matt kind of gets intel about kingpin and i think this is where matt kind of puts it all together who kingpin is i think i don't know it's very foggy how that <laughs> It's very foggy, Nelson. How that <laughs> happens? I think. I think this is. I think because they run into the Kingpin. They run into Michael yes. Clark Duncan, and they are talking to him. And uh, I think he starts like Matt starts to piece it together that like something's off about this guy. Like he's probably responsible for all the crime here. Oh he, wait, he's the Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the name so on on spot on with just like his physical attributes, mm-hmm. how did we not know? You know. Yeah. But <laughs> he gave us spe- all the clues. Speaking of Uric. I guess this is thing. He actually works for the New York Post in this movie because in the comic books, he works for the Daily Bugle, but they didn't have the rights to yeah. use that because Sony owns Spider-Man. So they made him work for the Daily Bugle, the New York For the New York Post, yeah. That's wild that it's like, I mean, I guess it makes sense that, that like the name of that would have to be stuck to Sony, but yeah. That's weird they didn't like make up a different newspaper like they used a real one. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's probably just easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just somebody, somebody writing the scripts like, oh, God, we can't use the Daily Bugle. Like they're just looking around like, oh, I got the New York Post today. All right. Yeah. New, York, <laughs> New York Post. There it is. Maybe they got a little kickback for using the, the mm. name of the Post. That's in the true. Movie. That's totally possible. A little product placement. Uh, yeah. When you got a reporter like Ben Yurick on the staff, that's that's good publicity for the New York Post for sure. <laughs> This guy knows his stuff. Police department. He's throwing lighters all over the place. He's got it. He's got this. He knows for sure there's no alligators in this. He's he's having a ball because he knows that what they don't know is that they're in the Matrix, baby. That's right. He knows that's a mistake. Ken did ask, "Is this before or after he plugged into the Matrix?" (laughs) This is the life that they gave him when he went back into the Matrix. Yes. Uh, and Electra enters. She looks gorgeous, and, and Happy sees her at the same time. Matt, Matt smells her. Yep, right. And he's going up the stairs, and the the this flight of stairs has the most Smoke. smoky aerosol <laughs> things happening on it than anyone has ever done in one room in cinematic history. Yep. <laughs> And then it like, so I'm in my brain, I'm like, oh, this is alluding to this is how whoever he fights in the end scene is kind of going to be able to distort his senses is like you smoke or you something like a fire extinguisher or something never comes back into play. <laughs> never. You and your yep. smart brain. <laughs> <laughs> never happens. But he does get up to Electra. And she does say, the only reason I got dressed up was to look beautiful for you. And he goes, let me do a line of coke on your neck. (laughs) (laughs) It does take a long, hard whiff. I mean, I feel like, again, if we recall my timeline, we went over in the last episode a lot of this shit might have just been written in the script so that Ben and Jennifer could have gotten their kicks off. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Perhaps. And then we get a cutscene of Bullseye stealing a motorcycle. Cool. Apparently, Colin Farrell had never ridden a motorcycle <laughs> prior to this scene. Wow. And yeah. while he was riding the hell out of it, hell, he was standing on it. He was <laughs> crucified <laughs> on it. There it is. Yes. It's all coming together. <laughs> yeah. So when they were like, okay, we got to cut this Jesus escalator scene, what can we do? I got it. We're gonna we're gonna make him steal a motorcycle. There you go. And he's gonna stand on it and spread his wings to fly. Like <laughs> no matter what happens, he has to spread his arms around. Yes. 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 <laughs> and so then we get like, cut back to the gala. Dad, who is the guy from the mummy, is watching Electra and Matt Murdock. And then Kingpin walks up, is kind of shaking him down. And then he's essentially like, goodbye, and puts a rose <laughs> in his pocket <laughs> and walks away. You won't and die. And so then we see dad is just like piecing out of the gala because he knows something's up. And so Electra follows him and is like, papa, why must you run? <laughs> Gets into the limo with him. And then, but it's a weird altercation because, like, she's trying to follow her dad. And when they're getting to the limo, his own security, who knows her, who are her security, won't let her into the car. So she yeah. knocked one of them out or punch him in the nose. I'm like, that was just weird. Like, yeah. one thing if the dad was like, you have to stay away from me, but he mm-hmm. didn't. Like, it was just an odd interaction, but they, it was. they bounce. And they uh, did. And, and then she sees through the sunroof daredevil is like hopping building to building following them like a little gargoyle (laughs) and and then all of a sudden here comes bullseye and he has his like little belty throwing stars and so he throws them all hits the drivers which cause them to crash the limo and so Electra and dad are stumbling out at the same time daredevil is fighting with bullseye causes him to miss that was the first mistake (laughs) (laughs) which pisses him off yes but he grabs daredevil's billy club and throws it at dad and like it hits him in the chest and kills him right like does Electra not see this bald man on a motorcycle chasing them? Why does she think what does she think Daredevil and him are in cahoots? Like, bitch, one plus one is not equaling two here. Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, because immediately Electra is like, Daredevil must die. Yeah. And it's like yeah. he was trying to save you. Like you saw him like following you because there was this madman with a bullseye etched in his skull. Following you on a motorcycle, like sure. who's the bad guy here? You just she's not this thinking man. straight. Her father just died. It's raining. She can't see a thing. She just <laughs> fucked this man the other day. She can't tell that's him. And that jaw and those teeth. There's no way no I way. can spot a Ben Affleck mouth from a mile away. And is this where it leads into the other uh, wake me up inside scene? It's her yes. coming up. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right, like <laughs> right into this where she starts training and the needle drop starts and. It was yet like the biggest laugh I got out of the movie was when <laughs> you just start hearing the piano and you hear like, wake me up, wake me up inside. It's incredible. Who it's so is, good. I have a question. Who's cleaning up that sand? I have the same question. <laughs> that is a mess, ma'am. A mess. A hot mess. And like, 
once you train them with after that, you cleaning up that sand and refilling it, sewing yeah. the bag, like who's doing this? Somebody is right. resetting Sam all those is going to scratch up the finish on that parquet floor. Like, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> and what's with the curtains? Like those curtains weren't just on the windows. I felt like they were just hanging aimlessly in the house because it didn't right. make no sense why these curtains keep flowing as you try to <laughs> flowing dangerously close to open flames because she has candles lit everywhere this so she can practice in kind of the dark evanescence is playing so there's no rules <laughs> you get the it. setup for this whole thing is weird like nobody no normal person would do this shit <laughs> Oh, oh, and just prior to the scene is the funeral scene where she makes sure that Matt knows that she has a vendetta against Daredevil now. Right. And it's, it's the, second like... ev- the second evidence in the job is for her funeral, right? Is that what I'm thinking of? I, I, I think I it was thought they were before that. I oh, thought is it, it was is it when they were this? on the street or something. Okay, yeah. gotcha. It might just be like Electra's favorite band, and that's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just what she's listening to as she she practices. Yeah. And she she uses size. I don't all of my knowledge of size comes from Ninja Turtles. Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Um, but she uses them completely wrong, which I had to then validate my knowledge on the Googles. But size are used to essentially like disarm other people. So she's putting her fingers in the wrong places. Size are not sharp to stab people. Like it's <laughs> all sorts of wrong. And out of this entire movie, I think that's what bothered me the most. <laughs> <laughs> what bothered me the most was how she went out. Cause it don't make no sense to me. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah. So uh, while Electra is using size incorrectly to you, Evanescence, Daredevil <laughs> is suiting up because now he has to go and hunt down Bullseye to save Electra. So this then they meet fucking, on the rooftop. This fucking scene. Okay. I'm just right. going to say it. Zero fucking sense. Okay. How None. did Bullseye know they were there? Right. How did they know each other were going to be up on the rooftop? Why right. is there laundry? Like it, <laughs> and why is she so close to him that she don't know is her boo? And she falls on like Matt. I thought you knew how to fight. You getting stabbed like this? And when I say my boy was taken out of a whole, like he was done after he got shanked, he was <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, it, it, it just didn't. <laughs> he, he can he can dodge fucking bullets (laughs) like how did he not dodge a sigh because he doesn't want to hurt his love well like i could see him taking it easy i I don't want my love right i don't want my love to be hurt so i get stabbed and and i'm out for the count (laughs) and here comes baldy from ireland about to fucks my girl up like make it make sense it doesn't. It you couldn't doesn't. even get up. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to go take him. No, you can't. You can't even use the weapons. That's your own. Well, my favorite part <laughs> of this scene is like, she stabs him in the shoulder with the sigh. And then she takes his little helmet off because she wants to look into the eyes of her dad's killer, realizes it's Matt, 
and is like, oh, let me put this helmet back on you. I'm going to so correct you. So no one knows you. who you are. It's not a helmet. It's a condom. Let's stay consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Words mean things. <laughs> but she, she's immediately like, oh, my wrong. bad. I'll go after the bald guy now. Sorry, I know you weren't trying to hurt me. Like, this could have been rectified at the funeral if you had just listened to him for two fucking seconds. Yeah. She's blinded by rage. Or if he would have said, or he would have said, babe, babe, it's me. I'm Daredevil. And that didn't kill <laughs> just, your daddy. Just do this. He just puts his hands <laughs> yeah. over his face. See? Like, see? It's me. See? It's me. It's like magic. You I mean, want me to go thing. get the condom? I'll do it. <laughs> That's the thing of being in the third year of a pandemic or whatever, where we're all wearing masks all the time. You can still recognize who everybody is when they're coming yes. out. <laughs> you get ruined everything about movies now. <laughs> like the Clark Kent effect. Glasses yeah. randomly. Oh, I have no idea who that is. <gasps> Where'd right. Jackie go? Oh my God. Oh, okay. She's back. <laughs> She's back. Jackie, there's an impersonator here. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> So yeah, Bullseye randomly shows up. He has no intel as to what <laughs> rooftop they're on, but somehow shows up. He found him. He got, he sniffed him out too. They all they all <sighs> have never super sniffing powers. <laughs> they all have super sniffing. <laughs> powers. Actually, it altered it universe. So like the way that she goes out and like the way he kills her is just there's it's not even a good fight it's so no. bad he flips and then... the card at her and i'm like okay he's gonna do the paper clip trick right but with a card and slice her jugular and then that that's why she's dead no <laughs> she just he just nicks her with it and he's like you're a pretty good fighter but i'm magic and then stabs all her right gambit her <laughs> 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 he kisses and... her in the first cut it's real weird and then she really? crawls oh, really yeah that's gross that's yeah it's a, a little bit of a longer fight i think because he like, he does the the card thing and then he stabs her and he like picks her up by her th- neck like her throat like he's choking her yeah he does he, choke her he, and then he kisses her and it's like a real gross like weird thing obviously mm-hmm. and then he like yeets her to daredevil <laughs> and like throws her down to the, onto that roof and then she like crawls over to him which i think is what danielle was saying so yeah she I don't know like, if it's just that one two second moment where he kisses her has been cut oh, out. But it's gross. Yeah, the <laughs> kissing part, but he does choke her. She does get to the building somehow. She's crawling. And then Popo comes through. Right. So I think Matt has to make a decision if he's going to get his bitch ass up or stay with his girl. Yeah. He gets his bitch ass up. And I will say that there is an homage to the comic books because I guess when comic books were being written in the olden day they couldn't <laughs> show the piercing going all the way through people and so mm. it always just poked the costume up to show that they were actually stabbed right and so that they did that in this movie with electra stabbing her costume just raises out the back instead of it going through the fabric oh fascinating neat oh yeah <laughs> I have a little bit of comic book knowledge. And now we are back to what is the opening scene of the movie where Daredevil is injured and like hugging the cross on on top of the church he always goes to. And I think that's Um, like a famous comic book cover or something, right? Like the Daredevil on the crucifix on the church, right? I think you're right, yeah. 
or is an image at least I remembered. I don't know. If that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I believed you. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded real to me. So then he falls into the church. Is that correct? Yeah, he yeah. falls. And the pastor, I mean, I'm sorry, priest strolls over and like met, met and has a candle by his nose. Like, I don't know if he's trying to wake him up with the candle that is not, is it? I don't even know if it was burning. It was weird. He's woken up and he's like, Ebenezer Scrooge coming out of, uh, coming out of bed. He has the candle, <laughs> the nightcap, you yep. know, all that. <laughs> And then Bullseye enters the church. So now we have fighting part two. Somehow, I the details are very fuzzy because it was very long and the CGI was not great. But essentially, they end up on the organ. And so then the pipes start falling. And there's more flippies and like fighting and like kicking off of organ pipes and things yeah. like that well i think bullseye is using the organ because he's like exploiting matt's like there's a lot uh, of loud sound near him it's gonna mess up with his yeah. sonar thing which is weirdly like loud sounds in a church it's like a weirdly recurring 2000s comic book movie motif because that's also in spider-man 3 with venom mm -hmm. and like the bell tower in the church that like yeah. is like gets him off the off of the host's body and stuff don't they also end up in a bell tower in the original batman 1989 batman mm -hmm. There may be and a bell tower. That's where Joker there. falls from. Yeah, oh, no, I think I think you might be right. Yeah, bell, bell towers. They're a weirdly yeah. recurring thing oh, that happened in comics. <laughs> <laughs> I did write a paper about Alfred Hitchcock use quote unquote safe space for the climax of his movies. And sure. So that and Vertigo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So what happens next? More fighting. There's there was bats. one moment. <laughs> there's there's bats there's a moment in this fight too i think it's a little bit later on where i was like oh this is just straight up the shot out of spider-man where <laughs> he's i think he's where after the stained glass window is shattered and he's throwing all the like shards at him and he's just doing all like the acrobatic backflips and twists yes and it's like oh this is how he spider-man dodges the green goblin blade thing yeah like, it's the oh, exact yeah. same yeah. shot <laughs> I mean, why waste CGI when you already have it? True. Just <laughs> reskin it. It's yeah. Just find and replace. Put yeah. the Daredevil thing on there. <laughs> so the cops finally show up. At one point, Bullseye is throwing all of his belt stars, and Daredevil's catching all of those. I'm like, so we're catching throwing stars, but cannot avoid a side to the shoulder. Got right. it. Right. Bullseye then starts monologuing about how Kingpin hired him so that mm -hmm. the, we confirm who Kingpin is. Then we get Daredevil hears the sniper outside and is able to avoid being shot, but Bulls and pivots Bullseye's hand so they are both hands are shot. Hmm. And so now it looks like he's being crucified. That's right. <laughs> he's like, my hands, my hands. Yeah. <laughs> my beautiful like, hands. Look what you've done to him. It all of a sudden turns into stigmata. It's yeah. very odd. And without that airport scene, you don't know where that all originates. Right. <laughs> Facts. I'm glad someone watched the director's cut. Yeah. Then Daredevil just throws Bullseye out a window. Yeah, yes. he just murders him. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> and he does land on the reporter's car as yes. he's pulling up <laughs> to the scene. Which, by the way, there's another scene where the reporter goes to the M.E.'s office right. because the Daredevil's 
what's this dick thing called? I think in the movie it's yeah, it's a Billy Club in the comics or in the earlier comics at least. I think it's a it's a baton also, like one of those. So and his it's his cane that he uses because he's blind. Right, that's true. So they discover that (laughs) they discover that this thing does all that. Apparently, in real life. Um, yes, this is when it's revealed Kevin Smith is doing a cameo. And all right, as Jack Kirby, as Jack Kirby, another shout out. Oh, that's fun. yes. And they find out that the the baton has like other functionalities, and it's actually a stick for blind people. I'm sorry, I'm using the incorrect verbiage. Uh, yes, <laughs> that <laughs> and so earlier at the gala. The reporter makes a comment about the color of Daredevil's cane. And Daredevil's like, I wouldn't know, type thing. But it's because I'm blind, you see. Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's the same color cane. Right. In the in the morgue. So that's when I I that's when the reporter starts putting all these pieces together. He starts yes. figuring out who Daredevil is. And then at the uh, very end, he's about to write a story revealing who Daredevil is, and then he's like, I'm no. changed my mind. I'm gonna protect his secrets. Like, line by line. Yeah. <laughs> holds backspace for a while. <laughs> like a ten thousand word article. He's just like <laughs> and why put all of that work into writing it? I know it's like for visual effect, but then to immediately like, period, I'm done. Delete. Like, what is happening? He just had to get it out of his system. He just had to get it out. Yeah. It's like so, writing a letter to yourself. Yeah. So now we're at the point where Daredevil is going to go face off on Kingpin. Kingpin has yeah. sent off his security guard. It's a pride thing. He does mention, I'm from the Bronx. Yeah. yeah. Which from <laughs> I'm guessing that means in the streets, I handle my business on mm-hmm. my own, mano y mano. Yeah. Now that my henchman is dead, that means he's coming for me. I got to take care of this. Mm-hmm. So now it's Kingpin just waiting for Daredevil to come so they could square up. And square is, have, up they do. Because Kingpin <laughs> has killed the only two people Daredevil has loved. This right. is true. Yeah. Is this where we've... Kingpin kills his bodyguards in the theatrical? Not, it's not in this moment. It's early, way earlier in the movie. But he just like barehanded kills two of his bodyguards. I don't no, I don't remember that. that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the scene right before Nachios comes and says he wants out. Or like it, that's mm. when it takes place in the movie. But the assistant dude the W.O.W. guy, I don't remember his name, shows up and is like, look at this. And it's an article in the paper about like alleged kingpin exists. I think yeah. it's by, there by was that scene. And he says, he starts talking about like, I forget exactly the context, but like, oh, in ancient Rome, they used to cut the tongues out of their bodyguards so they wouldn't talk. And blah, and he like uses his cane and just kills his two bodyguards. <laughs> and then say, your version of the movie sounds way better than ours. Yes. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, your next appointment's here. And he's like wiping blood off the top of his cane as he walks in to, that, go to talk to Nachos. I feel like they should have done that. That's yes. very kingpin, but. Yeah, makes him real scary. Yeah. I don't know. Director's cut's probably pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found out halfway through watching the cut I watched that Coolio is in the director's cut. And I'm like, well, I made a very poor choice. <laughs> yeah. Because if y'all don't know. 
I love Coolio. <laughs> and so they, I, I was like, I need to go back and watch that. But I mean, we finished so late last night that I, I didn't Fair have enough. a chance. But I it saw, is, I saw uh, Coolio, I saw Coolio in concert two days before he died. I uh, saw him a week before he died. Did you really? Yes. Yeah, I was in Chicago for Riot Fest. Maybe it was a little more than two days, but it was like a, it was like, it was like a 45 minute set. I watched Coolio do it. He was pretty good. And then it was like a surreal thing. Like, holy shit, that's weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. crazy. I saw him in, I was at a tech convention and it was like a closing night. So they had a bunch of random ass singers. And Coolio and was, was one of them? He was one of, it was so weird. Tretch yeah. from Naughty by Nature was there too. Yes. <laughs> what? Who else? One of the guys from Rascal Flats. The lead singer, so, right? Yes. Rascal uh, himself? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was, oh, Uncle Cracker was there. What the fuck? <laughs> what a really weird assortment of people. And it was fabulous. Like, I was so happy the whole time. And, like, I, I was sending Danielle videos. And, like, my go-to karaoke song is Gangster's Paradise. So, when like, nice. when that came on, I was just, I was in my element. Yeah. <laughs> she just sent me a video with her just singing the whole damn song. Sure. Like, that's about right. It was like a six-minute song. That was bad. Oh, so good. <laughs> R.I.P. Coolio, man. Oh, yeah. You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? Tell me, Andre. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD, all right? Oh, wow. For <laughs> Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. You have the watch, DVD you watch it? Yeah. Hansel and Gretel. She basically has sex with it, somehow. Uh, it, foreplay. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's chair foreplay. They, I mean, they knocked out the park, which is why it's my number three. So. <gasps> oh! oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, I wouldn't be in it, because this movie doesn't have women. But, you know, it's you fine right. It has one. You would have three lines of dialogue. So but how much? Like, oh. Okay. So I'm actually going to get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my, my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, on a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. Anyway, we're not. Phoenix, too. So, no. No. Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective ex-detective phillips's dick okay but we don't okay in the hot tub. i i know all of those words were english but the way you <laughs> constructed yeah, them i'm lost I'm not, I'm not following the arrangement <laughs> of them very well for those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's wrap this bad boy up. So... Essentially, Daredevil can hear the water in the pipes in the wall, and so he makes it rain so he can see where King Penguin is. They make a meal of showing you that Kingpin has, like, floors with water under them. Um, yes. The first couple times you see his office, and then, yeah, he makes it, like, rain in there. And he does he he does kick Kim, Kingpin's ass. <laughs> He does. <laughs> this is true. But he, I, he does lose his mask in the process. Like Kingpin gets the mask off of him, right? He does. So when this becomes a crime scene, because Daredevil is very intent on sending Kingpin 
to Riker's prison, um, are they not going to find the mask at the scene of the crime to know? It's wet. The DNA is washed away. Well, I think they do the, so like when Kingpin like realizes he's Matt Murdock, he has the mask off because he met him at the party before. And he's like, I'll tell everyone who you are. And Matt's like, who's going to believe you? I'm blind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. And then he's like, all right, good point. All right. (laughs) Take me away. Literally, I've never seen in any of these movies where the hero has been found out by every fucking person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't like, care. He's like, hello? He's I've like, never what of it? seen like Spider-Man very much works his ass off not to get his mask taken off. And this yeah. guy's just like, well, I'm blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna believe you? Right. It's a solid defense. It's not best. And so then he does say justice is served. Jesus. Kingpin. And then they're back in the he and Happy are back in the cafe. Happy does do this little like sniff before he drinks his coffee to make sure there's no (laughs) mustard mustard in in it. it. And then I this was a little fuzzy for me too. He gets is it Electra's necklace or is it a replica? I think it's it, it is Electra's necklace, I think. Yeah. But someone and, puts Braille on it. Yeah, yeah. And it just says her name. So Got it's it. it's kind of the hint that, like, oh, she might actually be alive. Uh, yeah. I did not get that. Yeah. From, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, if you didn't know, there's also an Electra movie that takes place after this. That, that yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I'm watching, I'm like, okay, like, we're all pretending Electra's dead, but unless. The, her movie is a flashback movie. It, she survives. Right. Can't uh, wait for us to do it, Jackie. Cannot <laughs> wait. One day you're going to get there. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and it is the thing in the comics where, like, Electra dies and then, like, it's revealed later that, oh, she or is brought back or she is somehow still alive or whatever it is. And I think the TV show did that. Huh. Like, yeah. They, they introduced her in season two. I think she dies at the end of it. And then she comes back maybe in the Defender show or in season three or something. But she comes back at some point. Yeah. It is the Defenders, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's all meshed in It's there. all a blur, yeah. Iron Fist really derailed the whole thing. <laughs> fuck, fuck Iron Fist. That's right. So it does end with, like we said, the reporter writes this whole story revealing Daredevil's identity and then deletes it all. And he says, and it's this voiceover, and he's like, one man can make a difference. Go get him, Matt. And then Daredevil has a voiceover and he's like, I'm forever in darkness, the guardian devil. The dark knight. I mean, the guardian <laughs> devil. <right? laughs> and that's cinema, y'all. That right. is there Daredevil. Is. Yes. Oh, there is, there is a post credit scene here, too. Well, I didn't watch that part. Oh, <laughs> you guys didn't see the post credits? Oh, there is a post credit scene. And Mike D didn't even see it either. There's um, a, my last scene is Coolio, so I didn't need a post credit scene. Is he really the last scene in the movie? Yeah, yeah it's, he gets he gets acquitted from the chart. And it's... Matt, Foggy, and Coolio out on the steps of the courthouse. Uh, Singing Coo- Gapster's Paradise. Correct, yeah. <laughs> and Coolio won't stop hugging Foggy. He's just Aww. like, thank you so much. You're, my, you're like your brother to me. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I can't believe you. Thank you. And he keeps hugging him. And Matt just like, like sidesteps and slowly walks away. <laughs> um, and then he walks down the street to the, the steps of the pet to the church that he always goes to as Mass is letting out and the priest okay. is like, Maybe next week, Matt, because you're like, oh, you just missed it kind of thing. Because I think there's a line earlier where he's like, I'll see you in church or whatever. Uh, okay, yeah. Mass. 
That sounds um, like a pretty good ending. That sounds nice. And then that's, that's, that's kind of fade much better. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that the director's cut seems to have at least like had this legal subplot where you have more <laughs> of Matt Murdock as the lawyer, yeah. uh, which right. is nice. But but the post credit scene in the theatrical cut, you go to a hospital bed and Bullseye is there and he wakes up in the hospital. Uh, that's that's also in this cut too. Oh, is it? Okay, it's so not he wakes up. Uh, this is a post credit scene, but he wakes up in the hospital and you hear like a fly buzzing and he's like in the room alone and he he's like kind of strapped down to the bed, but he's able to grab a syringe needle and kill the fly. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> in like full body traction. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go through some of these fun facts we missed, uh, especially sure. the casting who could have been in this movie. I know for a fact, I mean, just based on like rumors around the time and stuff, I believe Guy Pierce was like the closest to getting it before Ben Affleck, right? Yes. Guy Pierce said that he was offered the role, but turned it down, stating that comic strip stuff isn't really my cup of tea. Really? <laughs> That's the <laughs> most then, Guy Pierce quote I've ever heard. Yeah. And then he was in Iron Man 3, like a few years later. Right. Yeah. Money, money speaks money people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel was also considered to portray Daredevil, but he opted to take another role i couldn't I figure out triple x okay because think... so actually cause... Uh, i'm on the wikipedia page right now uh-huh, and it says uh-huh. and the link to saying he took a role in another film and, and in it's another... fast if and you... the furious it's not right yeah. though because it came that's, out that's earlier not, that's not right okay no. it it says fast and the furious on wikipedia and it links well it links to fast and the furious but that came out before this movie and okay. then this the other site that i found said pitch black which also came out before this movie so that would be too early i think triple yeah. x might be the closest yeah i think you're right Triple X came out august 2002 2002 triple x guy yeah i do like triple x really i'm a big triple x three guy if you guys yeah. haven't seen the return of xander cage it rules. i have not seen any of these movies but at least we know who to call when we do triple x yeah well honestly the first like the first two triple x's like they're not great but the first one's kind of fun but number three is just fucking bananas uh, it's so good <laughs> he's like he has a motorcycle on the ocean he's like dr- like driving a motorcycle on the water he's skiing in the forest it's all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff oh my god <laughs> interestingly enough chris columbus was set to direct the film adaptation in 1997 what huh. That would have been so different. I know they were real different. They were going back and forth between the studios and all this other stuff of like how they were going to get it done. And I think, like I said, they got more, they got a huge boost in the budget after Spider-Man did well. So originally it was supposed to be a smaller, grittier movie. And then they got a huge, they threw money at the problem. I mean, they got the money back, but still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chris Columbus would not have made like a gritty Daredevil movie. No, that would have been... Such a weird. <laughs> he was a few years away from making the first two Harry Potters. He was the Home Alone guy. Like it's, I mean, unless he like went back to his roots and was like, I'm going to make something like Gremlins, but with Daredevil, yeah. which yeah. would be rad. That would be great. So, so considered to play Electra, Kate Winslet, Penelope Cruz, Sama Hayek, Natalie Portman, Lucy Liu, Jessica Alba, Katie Holmes, Julie. Just basically every Lala. working actress. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Early 2000s. Mia Maestro, who ended up playing just Jennifer Garner's sister on Alias, which I think is funny. Oh, cool. And who was the last one, Jack? Rona Mitra. Don't know who that is. Oh, and, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And Seth Rogen auditioned for the role of Foggy, but he was too young. Fascinating. And mm-hmm. it, it said, I read an interesting tidbit where it said that while John Favreau was portraying Foggy, this is where he really started getting invested in Iron Man and started really shoring up the concept for that. Which okay. Was- yeah, that makes sense. I think it's only like a couple of years later, like 
it's 2006 i think marvel studios kind of like launches into its own thing and starts yeah. making iron man and incredible hulk and stuff so yeah that makes sense yeah joe quesada considered it serendipity in action that affleck is the lead role as when he and kevin smith did the guardian devil series they had modeled it on affleck oh yeah that also makes sense kevin smith <laughs> ben affleck also joe quesada's referenced in this movie the guy the the guy that daredevil like chases around like the guy who's on trial and was lying mm-hmm. and he goes to the guy i think the guy he kills with the train is named quesada like that's his ah. character's name look at that that's neat. This is the tenth highest grossing Ben Affleck movie. Hmm. It's pretty low for a superhero movie to be your tenth highest tenth well, highest grossing. That's the pretty first, good. The first two are the Justice League and the whatever Batman movie. Batman vs Superman, probably. Yeah. yeah, which makes sense, but those movies aren't good either. yeah also his bestie bet matt damon was offered the role he claimed that he and ben loved the comic book but didn't quite believe in the script or the director at the time fair yeah (laughs) real diss on mark stephen johnson right there and edward norton matthew davis and colin farrell who obviously plays bullseye they were also considered until affleck signed on And like we had mentioned earlier, Affleck made sure he was a huge Daredevil fan and he made sure he had read every single issue and commented that it was about taking what he knew as a fan and faithfully getting it on the screen. So it's probably why he disliked and disowned the film and it said to have inspired him to take the role of Batman. He got another (laughs) shot at a superhero and I I was never a big fan of his Batman either, honestly, but I, I think he's i think he could have grown into the role which i, I guess he's going to be in the flash so there's that <laughs> i mean <laughs> there's there's that there, there is that a movie that i'm not particularly <laughs> excited for but it does have michael keaton coming back so it's like yeah. ah i don't know <laughs> and ben affleck was virtually blind because he had to wear heavy duty contact lenses which allegedly blocked most of his vision that was uh-huh. one thing I noticed, like as the comparison between Affleck and Charlie Cox, that Charlie Cox's like blind acting, quote unquote, is so much better than than yeah. Ben Affleck is always just like looking up. Like, yeah. Like, come on. Or, um, but I guess that makes <laughs> he has these the contacts and yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like I remember reading something about Charlie Cox going to audition for like one of the Star Wars movies or something. Okay. After- after coming off doing Daredevil for like two seasons and accidentally did the audition like without making any eye contact because he had just been acting for so long like that. And I was like, well, that's gone. <laughs> but like- J.J. Abrams thinks I can't look at the camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently Cuba Ju- Gooding Jr. wanted a, the lead role, but was not approached. I honestly oh. haven't read anything funnier s- this week. <laughs> That would be very interesting, though. Didn't yeah. he do boat trip around this time? Girl, probably. I that don't sounds know. about right. And I'm wow. sad we're going to have to do boat trip on this show at some point. <laughs> and they were fooling absolutely no one pretending that this movie took place in New York. I knew it was oh, LA. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. It is also a funny Daredevil thing where he's like, I'm the protector of Hell's Kitchen. And it's like he's acting as if it's this huge, big part of New York City. And it's like three blocks. Hell's Kitchen is (laughs) so small. Like, I always thought it was funny, like when I watched the TV show, because like they each have a section of New York. Like, Spider-Man, he reps Queens, but he's I, I, I. don't he's most he lives in Queens. But he's mostly in Manhattan. Like he's you know, he's swinging around all over the place. Yeah, but he's like 
flushing, I think. I, I'm not sure. Yes. But Matt, Matt is in Hell's Kitchen. And then Luke Cage is in Harlem. Like, y'all are repping rep blocks, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Literal blocks. Like, yep. come on. They're not even getting burrows, okay? Like, it'd be one thing if they were getting burrows, but they're legitimately getting blocks. I never yep. understood that. But you know what? Maybe they're like, crime is so crazy in New York. I got to take a street. Do- just, yeah, just just a little square area. Yeah. <laughs> this is my territory. I will deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Clark Duncan also provided the voice for Kingpin in Spider-Man, the new animated series. So oh, cool. Oh, rest in peace. Cool. Rest in peace to yes. Michael Clark Duncan. Really loved him as an actor and yeah. to Coolio. Yes, but to both of them. Michael Clark Duncan is, is great in a lot of things, but I really love him in Talladega Nights. I think that's my favorite of his. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. It's perfect. It's so good. Why don't you guys tell everybody where they can find you before we jump into our ratings? Yes. So uh, like we were saying on the preview episode, you can find me at M Smith film blog on Twitter, Mike Smith film on letterbox radio, Mike sandwich on Instagram. You can find our podcasts on Twitter as well at Mike and Mike pod and at complete works pod. That's W R K S no O in the word works. And that's of course our Michelle Yeoh podcast and they're available wherever podcasts are Apple podcasts, Spotify, all the places. Mike that's- D. That's right. Uh, you can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterbox. If you want Mike and Mike merch, we got Mike and Mike merch at Mike and Mike Pods. Redbubble.com. And we got a Kofi too, Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Definitely check them out. Their Complete Works show has every season into a different actor. They've already done Nicolas Cage, they've done Jeff Goldblum, and yep. now they're doing Michelle Yeoh. So definitely check that out. And also on their Mike and Mike podcast, it's really fun because sometimes they make each other watch movies that the other has not seen or does not want to see. (laughs) Definitely check out the series when Mike D has to listen, watch some of the Marvel. No, was it... No, it wasn't. It was the Zack Snyder movies, I think, that you didn't want to see. I mean, we have had to watch a lot of Zack Snyder movies in the past because Mike D's not a fan, and that's always fun. But I'm I'm making him watch the old school Batman in March, the Adam West Batman 1966, which uh, I think is a great movie. It's really fun. So, yeah. We'll we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I love the optimism. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, you guys can send us messages let us know what you think at no more late fees on instagram facebook tiktok twitter and youtube we're really close to getting to 200 subscribers on youtube so if you haven't subscribed to our youtube please do and now mike s i'm going to start with you what is your today rating of daredevil so the today rating, I think before for my Y2K rating, I said a five day rental leaning into like a buy it thing when I was mm-hmm. 10 years old. I think now watching it and again, have not seen the director's cut. The director's <laughs> cut is probably better. I would downgrade it to a two day rental. I think I wouldn't say outright skip it. I think there's enough fun stuff. Yeah. Like watch it just for Colin Farrell, Michael Clark Duncan alone. Like they're great. But I, I think there's enough fun stuff here and there's enough like kind of camp value. And it's like very much this is 2003 era. <laughs> like filmmaking <laughs> but yeah i would go two-day rental on this one mike i'm gonna go five-day rental because okay. uh, it turns director's out the director's cut. cut director's cut is on hulu i i found oh. it through ways that you find stuff but it turns <laughs> out it's on hulu so if you want to watch the director's cut that way go ahead I, I suggest you do i i didn't know it was streaming anywhere and if i did i might have watched it yeah. the actual cuts on hbo max so there's that there you go jackie 
Uh, I'm sticking with my two-day rental, although I am definitely going to look into the director's cut for Coolio alone. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sticking with two-day myself. I pray I don't have to watch this again. And I'm not sniffing around for the the director's cut. (laughs) But I am down down for Electra. Got that bitch on DVD. Spoiler alert. It, this did make me want to go back and rewatch Alias because I haven't watched that, obviously. Oh, I just did a rewatch the other day. It's good. <laughs> Worth it. The entire show in one day? I love her. <laughs> no, it wasn't one day. It was, uh, I took it piece by piece. I cry a lot because <laughs> I love me, the re- I love the relationship between Sydney and her father, Jack. Mm-hmm. it's so freaking good it's the best part of the show when i was younger i used to think it was because of her and michael vertan's chemistry who plays vaughn but after rewatching it i was like fuck that is jack for life <laughs> <laughs> her daddy anywho well if you <laughs> as well are a jennifer garner stan and <laughs> want to tell us all about it or if you just want to sing us your best rendition of Gangster's Paradise, hit us up at our quick drop, 909-601-NMLF, 909-601-6653. Twat us at the Twitters or leave a message on our Anchor FM account and you can be featured on a future episode. And join us next week as we revisit the coming-of-age classic, What a Girl Wants, starring Amanda Bynes. Well, well thank you all for joining us. It's a pleasure, as always, bringing yes. that that knowledge and at least someone watched the director's cut. Yes. <laughs> I did it for all of you at home. Thank You're you. You're welcome. I sat with Daredevil for an extra 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like you had a better time than we did. So. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> and as always, be kind and rewind. <laughs>